0: Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Instead of one day of presents, we get eight crazy <laughs> Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Abari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And, of course, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Be sure to check out Expand the Box Score. Use the promo code 40. Get a four days of free advanced stats. So... Fantasy playoffs are upon us. The fantasy season, just like that, almost over, over for at least 50% of the teams out there, but we will push on with this till we get into uh, NFL playoffs and then move into playoff fantasy action, but for now, we are a week away from fantasy championships, so uh, Walk, how are you, and where do you want to get started?
1: Uh, I'm doing, buddy. Um, you know, i got to update the people, the Scott Fishbowl 12 is officially in the semifinals, and
0: both of us
1: have been eliminated from contention. Uh, it was a it was a valiant effort, but uh, we're out. Deep run. You know, so. <laughs> I think yeah, it's hey. the longest we both stayed in. So <laughs> I've never made the playoffs before, John. So this is by far the furthest I've made it. So yeah, they're down to 500 people, I and mean, John and I were not lucky enough to be on the outside uh, to be on the inside uh, of that cut line. I'm actually does this help. I'm actually a little curious to see. Where? Like how far out? So I think there's a way if I can crack codes here. Okay. I think that's correct. So let's see where Johnny Boy is. Okay. All right. So we weren't even close, John.
0: No, I, was, I knew uh, I wasn't.
1: I was seven forty seven and you were eight ninety six. So still both in the top nine hundred of that last cutdown. <laughs> I mean so considering far, it's thousands of people, that ain't bad. Yeah. yeah you know, and you know, there's certain individuals that I hold Personally responsible for those failures. You know, DJ Moore, Elijah Moore, pretty, pretty much any more caused me uh and to, oh. to doubt I would ever even make it into the playoffs. But yeah, you know, oh, it was fun for a great cause. Can't wait to win it all next year. So that's that for the for the fishbowl updates from the forty. Um you guys say how I'm doing, I'm doing great other than my home league. Took a took an L and uh yeah, it always hurts a little bit worse in your home league. You know, those are your buddies. There's, you know, this is a sort of live draft environment. I was like four or five weeks ago. I was like, do I compete or do I tank? And I'm like, because the way this league is set up is the non-playoff teams compete for the 101, which some people might not like, but it's a smaller league, so everyone should be competitive, right? So I'm like, if if I can just miss the playoffs, I'm easily going to get the 101.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, and then I get Bijan and it's like, okay, boom, right back into it, right? But I can't like I have to compete, right? Like there's a lot of shit talking, there's a lot of back forth. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let this person win, right? And so I start Mm -hmm. stacking wins, right? And I end up making the playoffs and then get knocked out in the first round. I'm like, fuck, should have tanked. You know, so lesson learned. I, I knew what the right answer was, and I couldn't bring myself to do it. I was too many injuries. Things you know, my guys weren't really hitting. I, I didn't really feel like I was going to win it all this year. And I should have made the decision in the best yeah, for my team, I mean, but I didn't. I let my pride get in the way, John. Well, the other thing, too. I mean, once you get in the playoffs, not that anything's possible, say, but yeah.
0: So you gotta really get sure. in there. I was in a league, kind of it doesn't sound similar to yours, but like the top five teams were way better than everybody else. And then I squeezed in as the sixth team in the playoffs, and I was like, fuck, I should have just <laughs> got a, what, a single better draft spot and just tanked this last week. But I was like, eh, give it give it a give it a College roll try. of the dice and maybe yeah. And I, I got slaughtered. Wasn't even
1: see, I thought you were gonna tell an optimistic story because the irony is in this same league, last year's <laughs> champion no optimism was the, was the sixth place team, and he only got in because the team that should have been in six tanked intentionally, um, like outwardly, mm. aggressively tanked to force him in to the playoffs. He won it all, so he he had he, he couldn't even, like he he couldn't even win and get in. He had to have the other team lose too. So everything just lined up for him. He ran and won won the entire thing. You know what? He's back in the in the in the, in the consolation round again this year. You know, so he's now he's vying for the one hundred and one and potentially going to push him back push himself right back into contention a year from now. So anything can happen. You're right, but it didn't happen for me. So I'm I'm better, but you know, here we are. So yeah, we're now week 16, crazy semifinals for most fantasy football leagues. And there's a lot going on. There's injuries. It's not like it it wasn't a bad week for injuries. And not that there's ever a good week for injuries, but it's not, it's, it's not as detrimental from a fantasy perspective. So we're just going to run down a couple of guys, the big one. But there is a big one, you know, and we'll get there. <laughs> but uh, Colt McCoy concussion for the Cardinals. You know, so it meant that Trace McSorley came in, and it doesn't really matter at this point in time, either one of those. I mean, it's just done for the Cardinals. But concussion, probably not playing again this week, so we're probably going to get another Trace McSorley week. Caleb Huntley for the Falcons, I come turns out I believe it said it it's an Achilles. Um, so unfortunate for him late in the year, but at least it kind of mitigates that to a two-running back committee between algier and quarter l patterson so some reason for optimism the bears lost yet another wide receiver when equinemia st brown was concussed early in the game against the eagles um you mentioned uh, jonathan taylor unfortunate high ankle sprain they uh, just saw the notification they have ir'd him so he's official no official. that wasn't that
0: wasn't my big one.
1: Oh, who did i miss
0: Hertz, Hertz is the big one to
1: me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's unfortunate. Um Taylor. One. Yeah. yeah. Taylor, yeah. Taylor had a nice playoff schedule, but yeah, Hertz sprained shoulder, uh, questionable for this week. I mean, talking with a few of my buddies here and looking into it. I mean, candidly speaking, we don't need to beat Dallas this week. There's no value in it for us. We win one of two against the Saints or the Giants. In weeks uh, seventeen and eighteen, we're guaranteed the division and the one seed overall. I mean, we just have that much—we have that much of a cushion. We have the tiebreaker against the Vikings, and we have a three-game lead against Dallas. So we literally—and we and already you have, have the Saints draft pick too, don't you? We do. So we're incentivized to beat them, right? Jesus. So that's that's the big week in seventeen: is beat down the Saints, secure the division, the number one seed, and a better draft pick. And if he really does have a sprained shoulder, then that's the right move to make. You are not like I wrote back on Twitter, like someone wrote, like, don't complain to us about Jalen Hurts shoulder when you beat up on Cooper Rush at week six. I'm like, we don't we don't care about you guys at week 15. <laughs> like or Sorry, yeah. week 16. Like we, we have bigger goals, like have the win. So it doesn't no there's, there's sweat off our back. Like we're, we're playing for Super Bowls at this point, guys. So, yeah, I, I would be surprised if he plays, if it's truly really a sprained throwing shoulder um his diagnosis so it might be a Gardner Minshew week but it means it's going to be downgrading all the receivers and the running backs even though I think Minshew's a competent backup I mean don't get me wrong but Dallas is a formidable opponent so you're just like coupling both of those things with probably a conservative game plan um yeah so yeah that that certainly does hurt I was thinking more of long-term injuries Uh Hertz isn't definitely out yet at this point in time but certainly it's it's a huge ripple effect um, in fantasy football because this is when a lot of teams had buys and now are playing in the in the semifinals because you might not have your have that quarterback to, to advance and, you to the championship.
0: And that's what we talked about last week. because I said, you know, people are going to win on a lot of these backups. I wasn't, you know, you foreshadowing any new injuries in the future. Listen, a guy like that. But, yeah, I mean odds are right now teams that had hurts that got him this far if he's out I mean I mean you probably don't have the best qb3s <laughs> with him in there so you know we talked about before you started recording I got a league with Colt McCoy as my Qb3 who I'm gonna may have to plug in there if hurts is out so it's like ugh.
1: you're you telling me Gardner Minshew's not owned if you have hurts
0: you don't have I tried to trade for him nobody wanted to it's the Premier League, six copies, and I no. couldn't get them. I threw offers no. to everybody. I offered a third and a fourth. I offered other people's handcuffs. Nobody wanted to move. And this is in fucking week like two. Oh goodness!
1: Yeah, I mean they're a commodity. I guess when you know talk about the Premier League, when you have Joe barrow Kirk Cousins, and Tua as your quarterbacks, you don't really worry about losing one of them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go deep in those leagues. But yeah, it's uh it's unfortunate, but uh, I think the right approach, you know, for a team that has bigger goals is to sit him. You know, you can beat the Saints with Minshew next week even. I mean there's there's yeah. a world where Hurts might not play again in a regular season. Honestly, if you know it's a sprain thrown shoulder. The way he plays, I mean it's you know, it's the the injury was, was obvious in the moment, but I mean seventeen carries for Hertz <laughs> is something that needs to stop happening when you only give twelve touches to Miles Sanders. I just I don't understand the game plan in those in that environment, but you know, I can't predict injury, but <clears throat> better to err on the side of caution at this point with him. Um so yeah, look elsewhere. You know, go get yourself some Trace McSlurley. He'll run around a lot. All right.
0: Does that conclude <laughs> our exciting injury <laughs> breakdown? As I just sit here crying on my yeah. sheet of paper to yeah. wallow.
1: Yeah. I mean, so
0: screwed me in a couple yeah. spots. I'm it in hurts, a bad spot.
1: It hurts. I have them somewhere that I advanced. I, I gotta recall. I had. A, I have a Mahomes hurts uh, team, which I think. Uh, where is that at? you gonna break my heart now. Uh, I have. Here, here's one. one. Oh. I have Minshew. There we go. In in my in A my good old one league. for one replacement right there, John. <laughs> Hurts for Minshew. That's nothing changes. <laughs> in, in
0: my main home league, I've got Hurts, and now if he's out, I have to start either Russell Wilson or Desmond Ritter.
1: Yikes! <laughs> I don't know what the right
0: answer is there. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is see you next year, folks.
1: Yep. Okay, All right. Here. See you next year. <clears throat> Let's but, jump yes, in. now we're in week 16, and <laughs> we are rolling hot.
0: So, yeah, we'll just go right, right to the east, start with the New England Patriots. Ramondre Stevenson, 66% snap share. Uh, Pierre Strong, I don't know how healthy Harris was, but Strong took over uh, as the number two, 26% snap share to Harris's 11%. Uh, with that, though, Harris had more carries, five carries to Strong's four carries, but Strong was in the passing game, had three targets, no targets for Harris. So Strong might be coming on, and Harris might be out, could be worth noting for next year. I don't. You're not You're not going to start Pierre Strong in any of your fantasy playoffs, but something to keep in the back of your head. He's probably out there in quite a few leagues, too, so you could grab him, stash him on your taxi if he's available. Moving to Miami. Mostert, 76% snap share. Out of nowhere, I mean, Wilson's banged up, but Salvin Ahmed, 24%. In the, in the past when they needed a second guy, it looked like trend going forward, or but long-term dynasty, this is not a needle mover. But, again, if Mostert were to get hurt, are you going to play Salvin Ahmed in the fantasy championship in two weeks? Because obviously you're not playing this week. The answer is no, but nice. it's interesting to just see – Sanders is obviously way out of there. Giseki, 20% snap share. only saw 12 in the game, is tied for his second lowest of the year. So, terrible. I mean, his last three games he combined for 41 total snaps. Four games ago, he played 41 snaps in that single game. I've talked about him every week when I get to Miami, but he – is a big time trending down. I mean, his usage is down, his snaps are down, targets are way down. With the targets being down, receptions down, he is a fucking ghost. That guy has vanished off the face of the earth. It's crazy. They franchise tagged him. I don't think there's any chance he comes back to Miami next year. <clears> to <throat> the Jets, Zach Wilson, starting quarterback, already named the starter for this week on Thursday. Uh, you know how I feel about Thursday night football. Combine that with uh, the very disappointing Zach Wilson. Uh, would you play any Jets this week to advance in the fantasy playoffs? If you have
1: any even middle-of-the-road options? Uh, if Mike White comes back, they said he'd start. So uh, No, I
0: think they said he's out already. I think they have ruled him out and said Wilson's starting because it's Thursday.
1: I think it's already oh, official. Sorry, I forgot, forgot about that, the Thursday night. Um, no. I mean, I sat. I I had to make a pivot in my home league and sit um, Garrett Wilson, who I was excited about starting because because uh, Mike White got benched and Wilson didn't like totally goose egg, but no, I I want nothing to do. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, nine targets caught four of them for ninety eight. But yeah, especially with the Thursday, no, 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 no. Yeah,
1: I am looking through on this because I am generally curious but yeah, i guess the short week would could uh could get you
0: yeah i thought i read for sure he was already named the starter but may, maybe i'm wrong I, yeah i have some snapshot stuff but like i said i don't think it even matters for this team this week because you can't thursday's always suck and wilson has <laughs> been shitty and it, all his pass catchers.
1: Everyone's been pretty disappointing
0: when he's been out there.
1: Just to keep people caring, You're right. Adam Schefter, four hours ago, jets rolled out Mike white for Thursday night versus Jaguars due to his rib injury. Zach Wilson rides again.
0: <laughs> and moving on to Buffalo. I don't, did you see a lot of that Buffalo game?
1: Uh, no, just enough to break my heart. I played against Josh Allen. I,
0: <laughs> I watched a ton of it. And when I was looking at the snaps, Singletary, 60%, uh, Cook, 36%. Singletary had 13 carries, four targets, caught three of them. Cook only had five carries and uh, three targets and caught two of them. I, I Very few stat lines shocked me. I felt like Cook was <laughs> all over that field and super heavily involved. Maybe his plays were just more explosive or the flashier ones, but I thought he – I could. I thought everything was backwards. I like double checked at a different site. I was like, that can't be, but apparently it was. But Cook was. I mean, as far as like the eyeball test, and I, like I said, I actually sat and watched the overwhelming majority of that game. I was I was blown away. I mean, Cook has come on quite a bit and has looked more explosive when he's on the field. So I expect him to trend upward. We were talking Buffalo's playing the Bears this week, and the Bears. Were atrocious a week ago to, to Philly. So I expect, I think you could play both of them if you had to, especially if you, you know, anybody got banged up on your team and you throw Cook in your flex. I think you could do a lot worse than him. So I'm, I'm firing up all Bills this week. And yeah, that well, is easy.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, that, yeah, the, the Bills Dolphins ended up being a pretty competitive game, 32 29, where the Bills actually were trailing going into the fourth quarter but have no fear josh allen's here and i agree with you it seemed like there was there was a lot of james cook and the touches didn't seem to bear that but the little i saw did seem to be like it was a bigger james cook day
0: he's <laughs> oh. all over the place i couldn't yeah. believe it was 36
1: all i know is they actually had to make an announcement to tell the, the fans to stop throwing snowballs at the dolphins or they <laughs> would start uh penalizing the bills God, I love the Bills fans. <laughs> and I heard someone say, if you're a diehard Dolphins fan, you take off your jersey and you start pelting Dolphins left, or right, and center with snowballs until they kick you out. <laughs> Try to get any advantage you can. And I'm like, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but these yeah. with he's
0: snowballs and not the yeah. usual <laughs> <Yeah>. dildo toss. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well listen, and then someone Philly goes, You remember when the, the Eagles developed a reputation because they were throwing snowballs <laughs> back in the day? I'm like, now it's funny. Yeah, it's like, oh, look at these great fans here in Buffalo. Hey, weren't there batteries in the snowballs? <laughs> there may or may not have been, and they may have been at Santa. You know I mean, so the, <laughs> the specifics are irrelevant, John. There were snowballs. That's it. Yeah. But we're we're the bad guys. All right. So speaking of <clears throat> my 13 and one Philadelphia Eagles. Not the game I expected to sit down and watch on Sunday against Chicago Bears. Far more competitive than it should have been. Um, We couldn't or didn't or couldn't didn't run the ball at all. Um, Even Jalen Hurts, 17 for 61 with his three touchdowns. Two of them were one-yarders. They were just our goal line pushes where that's virtually unstoppable Um, when, when we need a yard. He did throw for 315 yards on the day. 307 of those yards went to Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. Is insane watching this game. It was really a three man game because Miles Sanders didn't do shit. He played 55% of snaps. He had 12 touches. Hurt stole all the TDs. Sanders had a fumble, also lost 13 yards on the catch. It was just a very bad Miles Sanders game. Um, and lastly, Dallas Goddard is they opened his practice window. There were some rumbles he might have come back against Chicago. They probably figured why bring a guy back coming off a shoulder injury in this freezing cold weather. So. Assuming he comes back versus Dallas, but if Hurts doesn't play, maybe they buy another week from him. But I hope he comes back because the tight end position needs all the help it can get. And Minshew would make Dallas Goddard a superstar this week if uh, he was the garner to start from the Eagles to the aforementioned Cowboys. Losing to your Rayshon Jenkins in heartbreaking, wonderful (laughs) fashion. Dak Prescott in the 10-4 and Cowboys. Dak Prescott has not thrown for more than 284 yards in eight starts since returning from injury. He also has 16 touchdowns to 10 interceptions during that span. I felt like that was just like, I know he hasn't been playing great, but he's just been like, blah, you know, it's like 1.6 to one TD to interception ratio. Never had the big touchdown game since he's come back. He's just kind of like, Game managing at this point in time, two interceptions in in this one, including the backbreaker. But, you know, outside of that, Pollard and Elliott, you know, are still finding their way into a heavy split. You know, 19 carries for Pollard for 75 yards, 16 carries, 58 and a touchdown for Elliott. They were both involved in the passing game, five targets for Pollard, four for 31. Elliott or uh, Zeke caught both of his targets for 13 yards. So they're still just working both of those guys into the offense over and over finding a a rhythm between the two. I still would like a little bit more on the Tony Pollard side, but it's kind of hard to argue how they're using these guys at this point. And then Ceedee lamb just continues to be a monster caught all seven of his targets for 126 yards. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in this Eagles game, especially if Hertz doesn't play, but either way Eagles are going to win the East and get the one seed when it's all said and done. All they have to do is beat the saints or giants in the following two weeks to do so. So, no reason to put Hurts out there. Sorry, Giants. Sorry, Cowboys fans. It's not that big of a deal to us. On to the New York Giants. Bounce back game from Saquon Barkley. 18 carries, 87 yards. One touchdown on a direct snap. Another five catches for 33 yards. No one else did anything. Slayton has bottomed out as a wide receiver. One for the Giants. He played yeah. 94% of snaps. Doesn't matter. He's catching one coverage now. So he's just disappeared. Richie James played 79% of snaps, and he was the leading receiver with a four for 42 stat line. So, and, and the Giants won the game. I forget if I if I mentioned that or not. Ref aided a little bit against the effort against the, the next team up, the Washington Commanders, who are now seven, six, and one. Talk about not like watching a game and not seeing it this way. So Antonio Gibson played 60% of the snaps to Brian Robinson's 38%. Okay, it was game script driven because the commanders were from behind. But Gibson had seven touches to Robinson's 13 in, in the game. So it's still a matter of when Robinson's on the field, you see seeing the ball. Because <laughs> I don't understand how teams are like, all right, they're running it. Brian Robinson's on the field. Like just load the box. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's it's uncanny. Like, yeah, he can catch the ball and they do throw to him, but the 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 amount of touches he gets due to his limited snaps is is ridiculous. As far as wide receiver snaps are concerned, you know, Terry McLaurin continues to do his thing, but John Dotson saw 79% of snaps in the game. He tied for the team lead with Terry McLaurin in targets with six, threw up a big four for one Oh five and one touchdown game. He just, he's a huge, he was a huge missing piece of this team for several weeks while he was out. He brings such an explosive element. It's like almost what they want Curtis Samuel to be, but he can't, you know, just an explosive undersized kind of field stretcher. John Dotson's, can change this offense once they get like a competent quarterback and no disrespect to Taylor Heineke, but a competent quarterback there. They have a good wide receiver core, um, you know, with Terry McLaurin, Johan Dotson, even Curtis Samuel to a lesser degree, Antonio Gibson out of the backfield. I mean, those are weapons, you know, get a better tight end in there and you're, you got, you got something cooking for the commanders, but all four teams above 500 and fighting for, for playoff spots is an interesting time to be an NFC East fan. Yeah, I mean the
0: AFC East too. They're all within the playoff picture. I don't know how many times they play each other in the next couple. Yeah, not weeks a losing still. team
1: there. Yep, 7 and 7 Patriots and Jets. They're the only two just, divisions just that just to don't make have a team with a step. losing record.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see both East get in fully just cuz people no, f- hate it.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you like, you like chaos. So. Correct. All right, and that's my East, buddy. Oh,
0: East on. all right. Let's go uh East to West this time. So Go right in my backyard here. Las Vegas Raiders off a very unpatriot-like way to lose. A big win for Vegas there. Um, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller both came back. First game back, Renfro saw 43% snap share. (laughs) Keelan Cole, uh, first game under 60% snap share since Renfro went out. So with him out of there, he only saw 24%. He's the big loser out of Renfro's return. Uh Wallerish when he was healthy earlier in the year was seeing 80-ish, 80 plus percent snap share. Uh this week he came back. They eased him in, saw 49%, but saw three targets, caught all three, 48 yards and a touchdown. So he's absolutely startable. He's he's appears to be healthy, seems to be part of the offense like he was before. And I would assume that 49% is gonna tick up probably over 60, closer to 70 this week. <laughs>
1: He was also tight end eight on the week
0: with that limited work. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, that's all you need. That's 10, yeah. what, 13 points? Perfect. Yep. Uh <laughs> So, he the city. You talked about McKinnon earlier. 62% snap share. That's his season high. Pacheco, 35%. Looking at his last, uh, looks like, five games. 56, 40, 51, 54. I'm sorry, 45. 43% snap share. Heading to this one, 35 his usage is definitely unfortunately trending down. Uh, feels like it's one of those times where you finally don't start him and he explodes. So kind of sucks, but it is is what it is how they use him. The, the the pass catchers, listen to the Chiefs top pass catchers this week. Targets and catches. Kelsey, 10 targets, 10 catches. Juju, 10 targets, 10 catches. McKinnon, 8 targets, 8 catches. Noah Gray Three targets, three catches. So yeah, their their top uh four receivers on the day ended up catching, if my math is correct, is that thirty-one of thirty-one from Mahomes? So
1: I think Mahomes they're, only they're, had like four incompletions.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. So they're they they're really you know, clicking now, heading into the playoffs, which is not good for the rest of the NFL, but it is good for fantasy. I mean, you could play all these guys pretty much this week if you have to, especially if you have lost any wide receivers. The Los Angeles Chargers, which I did write San Diego on my sheet still. Uh, Austin Eckler, 69% snap share. He got a little banged up in this game, and Kelly got in there for a little run, 35%, but Eckler returned. Uh, 12 carries for Eckler to Kelly's 10. Three targets for Eckler to Kelly's 2. I don't know if it's worth keeping an eye on, but Eckler's not the – if he is a little banged up going into next week, he's – you're obviously playing him, but he's not the plug-and-play stud, lock him in for 20-something points because Kelly, Kelly's been very serviceable while he's been in there. Uh, with Allen and Mike Williams, both healthy and on the field, 89% snapshot for each of, them, each of them. Josh Palmer down to 65%. That's his lowest since week four and his second lowest of the season. So have you been plugging Palmer in there while these injuries have been around? And he's been pretty productive while he's had the chance, but – They're not using him now because the other two guys are fully healthy, and it's a a two-wide receiver offense. So hard to trust Palmer the next two weeks unless there's another injury, knock on wood, for this uh, Chargers offense. And last and certainly least, Denver. But you can't put a lot of stock in this because Wilson was out, so obviously they changed the entire game plan with Rippins in there. Latavius Murray, 64% snap share, 24 carries, one catch for 12 yards. Marlon Mack got on the field. Uh, 29% snap share. So caught four uh, four targets for 26 in the air. Also added five carries. So he got involved. But uh, it's hard to trust this going forward, especially if we expect Wilson to be back because they're going to want Russ to cook. And I think these running backs take a step back, but it was a, a good week for them because they leaned on them with Russ out of the passing game. Jerry Judy was their top receiver. If Sutton's out, expect Judy to keep producing because there's nobody else because someone named brandon johnson was their wide receiver too so garbage all around for a a, a bad team the, the best thing that could happen is wilson misses another week and you just pound latavius murray again
1: next week but that is my super disappointing afc west you forgot to mention tight end 12 eric tomlinson on the week he the was he really <laughs> Yep, three for twenty-eight and a touchdown. I Meanwhile, well, got in the end zone. Super rookie Greg Dulcich was tight end forty-seven on his uh, one catch. So, Wonderful. I mean, hey, listen, the backup throwing the backups, it can it, it pervades all fantasy. So I mean, you want to go disappointing? I I had going back to the east. I had uh,
0: Conklin and some DFS lineups. I was like, what a oh, great yeah. matchup Uzzoma. for tight ends. And then it was only two targets, two touchdowns. Want, yeah,
1: like, and it's because it went back oh. to Zach Wilson. Everything changes. <laughs> uh, yeah, know, Mike White, it would have been Conklin. I, I truly believe it. But yeah, CJ Ozoma, tight end five on the week on two targets. Yep. yep. Let's just change my whole perspective on tight ends. See, listen to some of these names here during nut cutting time where the CJ Ozomas of the world are game changers. No. Juwan Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, all right, from your west of mine. All right. So, 49ers 10 and four. You know, Big Cock Brock just keeps it going. CMC played 89% of the snaps, which is by far his highest snap share as a 49er. 26 for 108 and one rushing, another six for 30 receiving. He's back to getting that alpha workhorse workload, 32 touches uh, on the game. They're really not going to anyone else. Jordan Mason came in just to spell him, literally like one snap. I get back off the field. I mean, CMC's going back on. Probably has something to do with them having no Debo as well. So they kind of have the limited options as far as playmakers are concerned. And what did that mean? I mean, George Kittle out of nowhere, four for 93 and two touchdowns on five targets for the tight end one overall. I have him in my one redraft league. He sucked all year long, not in the playoffs. George Kittle smashes. Great. Thanks, George. Appreciate your time. No Debo. Juwan Jennings led all wide receivers and targets with five. Yes. I said all wide receivers and targets with five. So there wasn't a huge Brandon IU game. The primary beneficiary of the no Debo was Juwan Jennings. And that helped nobody from them to the Seattle Seahawks. Your boy Tyler Lockett broke his finger. Keep an eye on that to see what comes of his status. If he doesn't go Marquise Goodwin is their wide receiver too. And we'll see meaningful targets in week 16. Ken Walker stepped right back into his bell cow role, played 79% of the snaps, and had 16 touches for 79 scoreless yards. Most of those came on one reception. He was bottled up all day uh, in his return. Something ironic of the last three weeks. These are the DK, these are the Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf stat lines. Week 13, Tyler Lockett, nine for 128 and one touchdown. Same week, DK Metcalf, eight for 127 and one touchdown. Week 14, Tyler Lockett, 5 for 60 and one touchdown. DK Metcalf, 5 for 71 and one touchdown. Week 15, Tyler Lockett, 7 for 68 and no touchdowns. DK Metcalf, 7 for 55 and no touchdowns. It is eerie how close these two guys are on a week-in and week-out basis over the last three weeks. Almost strangely, like you couldn't do this intentionally, but they're within like yards of each other <laughs> targets, touches, touchdowns, everything for the last several weeks. Um, beyond them, Noah fan has bookended two tight end one top 12 performances with a week 14 goose egg. So just continues the, the inconsistency of the tight end position. And you know, who started Noah Fant this week when he goose egged you the week prior, probably no one. Well, he was a tight end one this week as well. Cause he caught a touchdown Arizona Cardinals. No Kyler. I, no I, I think lock out. I think, uh, I, I was believe thinking broken it. finger. Is... I think it was a
0: compound fracture. I think the bone came out through the skin. Oh, well, because I, I know it. after the game, Carol was saying it might be a season ender potentially. I don't I think it's official make, yet.
1: Make catching passes difficult. So yeah. You need you need your bones yeah. in, in your that hand. It might be an important component of being a wide receiver. All right. So uh yeah, I'll go get you some Marquise Goodwin. Under those cardinals. James Conner played 91% of snaps in the game and has been a workhorse, 16 for 63 and a meaningless touchdown, fucker, rushing, 3 for 28 and 0 receiving. I'll tell you, regardless if it was Colt McCoy or Trace McSorley, they knew to throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown, 11 targets for Hopkins, 8 for Hollywood Brown. They saw 54% of the team passing targets. It doesn't matter. when out Kyler, these are just... Hollow yards, low, low completion percentage. Ugly. Really Connor's the only one you can start with any confidence for the Cardinals right now. And then down to those Rams who came crashing back down to earth in epic fashion against the Green Bay Packers on Monday night football. Cam Akers played 76% of the running back snaps. Malcolm Brown played 16%. And your boy Kyron Williams played a staggering nine percent of snaps. So so much for the Kyron Williams. Error being ushered in with the Rams. They are giving Cam Akers all the opportunity in that backfield in a lost season. Tutu Atwell saw four targets. It was the most by a wide receiver. Yep, you heard me right. Tutu Atwell was the leading wide receiver on the team as far as targets were concerned. Chronic was in and out with injury, but you know, it wasn't a big Van Jefferson game. And then Tyler Higby was the most productive pass catcher. He had five targets, four for 27 and a touchdown. It was ugly for those L.A. Rams in their loss in Lambeau Field, keeping the Packers' hopes alive. And that is my West. Yeah, Yeah, kind of – things are just – a lot of these
0: teams are player-wise for fantasy trending, trending downward instead of upward. Um, All right, moving to the – AFC North starting with Cincinnati mixing back from injury. 64% snap share to P Ryan's 38 mixing. saw 11 carries for 21 yards and six targets uh, caught five of them for 33 P Ryan, seven carries to 24. So they, they, they turned it over to Mixon as much as they could. Um, but that was it kind of, you know, the, the three main receivers here, nothing of note, nothing changed really Higgins, you know, back and forth with this mystery injury. Magically, he's healthy again, so make sure to plug him in next week so he can go off the field after a snap when he tweaks something that they don't tell us in practice. Cleveland Browns, no David Bell. Mike Woods got in there more, but this offense has not looked that great. Two targets, one catch for four doesn't mean anything. It's all going through Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper. Deshaun Watson, since he has been back. 56 completions, 92 attempts for 568 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, 19 carries for 76 yards. Has not been good. Hasn't been the Watson of old. I mean, I heard this question on the radio earlier today, so I'll ask you this week playoffs got to advance to get to the finals. Would you play Zach Wilson or Watson this week?
1: Uh, wowzers That's where we're I'm at I'm buying this Thursday night game I'm I'm excited for this Jaguars really? Just I, wish it, I wish it was in Jacksonville I am I don't know I would have been more excited If it was Mike White um, Who who did the Browns play this week The Browns home against the Saints The the total in that game Is 31 and a half John 31 and a half You Brown. going Zach Wilson I'm going, I'm going Zachy <laughs>
0: yeah Stacy's mom Wilson, yeah what a what a world folks uh all right, right. Keeping, keeping keeping on with the, <laughs> with the North here, kind of another game with Tyler Huntley in there. It's hard to really make anything of these snap shares and targets because it's not really the offense the teams want to run. Hill and Dobbins both had thirty eight percent snap share, Gus Edwards down to seventeen percent. I didn't see he got hurt or anything. It seemed like Edwards was the number two, and kind of out of nowhere know where Hill popped this week. You're not trusting Duvernay or Demarcus Robinson without Jackson in there, a quarterback. You talked about Mark Andrews stinking. This whole offense is kind of stunk for, fuck, probably 10 weeks now or close to it, nine, eight weeks. So I don't trust any Ravens, especially with Lamar
1: Jackson not in there. Ravens but are a seven-and-a-half point favorite. Seven favorite at home against the Falcons. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, think you just, I think <laughs>
0: they think. <laughs> Lamar Jackson's going to be back, but that just yeah. tells you how dog shit those Falcons are. And closing on a whimper as we like to do here uh, with the North uh, again, backup quarterback in there. Trubisky was the starter, hard to really make heads and tails of, of the targets. Although Deontay Johnson has maintained his uh, target hog trends. We've seen all year, 10 targets caught all 10 for 98 still. Hasn't gotten oh, in the end zone. <laughs> How many <laughs> touchdowns? As of last week, yeah, he was. I don't. I don't know where he is now with these ten more targets. But last week, he was seventh in the league in targets. And I think you had to go down to. Uh, Tyler Higby was the only guy that had no touchdowns, and he was in targets. He was something like I want to say like ninety sixth or some shit. So, it, the, the crazy thing is, I just playing the touchdown positive regression game it feels like it would be a year where you get a Deontay Johnson three touchdown fantasy championship game but they keep throwing him the ball so you can't get him out of there unfortunately with Trubisky in there he does not seem to gel well with Pickens five targets only caught two 53 yards on those two targets So he was you know averaging 25 a reception which is nice But the five targets just aren't enough. Uh, Najee Harris, they they leaned on the backfield a bit more, as we've seen with all the teams that had backup quarterbacks in there. Uh, Harris had 24 carries for 86 and a touchdown. Jalen Warren, 11 carries for 38 and a touchdown. Both probably playable if Trubisky's in there. If Pickett comes back, I'm not quite sure what the split's going to look like, but again, if you sustain some injuries here, Warren might be flex-worthy. they like him, and he got in the end zone here, so they probably reward him with a, a little more work going forward, and that is how you close the North on a whimper, my friend.
1: Oh. oh freezing. Yeah, Deontay Johnson, yeah, you can start him this week for his three-touchdown game, but every team that has him isn't in the playoffs anymore.
0: Uh, hello. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's been all right. Well, he just hasn't scored. Uh, I mean, he's, listen, he's got he's, the... Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. All right. we, we've, we've been <laughs> down this path before. He's He's not even really been all right given his volume. I mean, he's not been like terrible, but he's been he 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 should have done more with the volume even than he's done. I'm not even talking about touchdowns. Like his per catch. He's just what what is he? Here we go. We're gonna we're gonna do this now. Okay. Season. We have to. Let's see. Targets. All right. Deontay Johnson is sixth in targets. Sixth. In the NFL, okay, at 123 targets, okay? He has one less than C.D. Lamb has, okay? Now, I know the caliber of quarterback different, but let's just talk about these two individuals. Deontay Johnson has turned those targets into 77 yards, 77 catches for 745 scoreless yards, sub-10 yards per reception. C.D. Lamb, who has had a stretch with Cooper Rush uh, at quarterback, 81 catches for 1,087 yards and six touchdowns on similar target volume that is not created equal. (laughs) Yeah. Targets do not necessarily equal production. Deontay Johnson is proof positive of that and Pittsburgh stinks. So just keep that going, your North to my North, let's go 11 and three comeback kid, Minnesota Vikings, captain Kirko his last two weeks has thrown for 885 yards and six touchdowns with two interceptions. Let's get these Vikings in negative game script more often. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, dig a hole. It's like the Patrick Mahomes syndrome. Like, force them to be offensive. And let's see the production because that led to an 86% snap count for Dalvin Cook. He's played 77 snaps, 17 carries for 95 yards rushing, four catches for 95 yards and a touchdown receiving. Beautiful. Those same last two weeks, Captain Kirk and Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson stat lines 11 for 223 and no touchdowns, and 12 for 123 and one touchdown over those same two weeks with Captain Kirk. KJ Osborne with a that helps no one, 10 for 157 and one touchdown game. I'm still excited about the future once they kick Adam Thielen off the field and let KJ Osborne operate as the true number two in this offense because I think the kid's talented. And he's going to get tremendous coverage opposite Justin Jefferson in the future. So I'm still burning a candle for K.J. Osborne next year. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson saw nine targets, didn't do shit with it, because, of course, it's the fantasy football playoffs. So Kirk threw it all over the field to everyone but T.J. Hawkinson in this one. Well, he did throw it to him, nine targets, but they just could not connect on the game. From them to the seven and seven second-place Detroit Lions. Snap counts, 40% for DeAndre Swift, 32% for Justin Jackson, 31% for Jamal Williams. Somehow now Jamal Williams is on the low end of the target total of the snap share totem pole for those running backs. Justin, just in time.
0: Yeah. To, I mean, just to cost you a championship.
1: Yeah. Just yucky. I mean, literally, I mean, it's just any given Sunday with these guys. I will say DeAndre Swift's targets the last four games, eight, six, four, nine. That's. That's heavy target volume. It just really has not translated during that time somehow, even though he's getting the opportunities you know, as, as a pass catcher because he's not really getting them as a running back. I mean, he has been running back 16 over the last three weeks because he's had 12 catches for 90 yards during that time. 19 targets he's tied for 2nd. In targets at the running back position with Jerick McKinnon, only behind Christian McCaffrey. So they're using him as a pass catcher. He's just not getting in the end zone. So it's still limiting his upside. Not what anyone wanted from DeAndre Swift this year. Your boy, DJ Chark, you mentioned earlier, his two weeks prior to this one, five for 98 scoreless yards, six for 94 and one gets into the fantasy playoffs, one for 18. So hopefully you weren't suckered into starting them in your fantasy playoffs so that you could get that. Big old 2.8 fantasy points from him in week uh, in week 15. So Lions, not much more to talk about here other than this was the Brock Wright week. He's the one that scored the touchdown, so he gave you your tight end one performance as well. You another name to, to draw from the tight end grab bag. From them to the Packers. Packers showed a little life on Monday Night Football, albeit against the defenseless <laughs> the Baker Mayfield-led L.A. Rams. You watched the game, I did not, so the snap counts make a little more, more sense to you probably than me. Aaron Jones, 56% of snaps. A.J. Dillon's 37%. You said A.J. Dillon got banged up a little bit, so the, the snap disparity wasn't that great. Um, it said Dillon left with injury, but the stat line was pretty, pretty nice for both of them. Really can't complain. 17 for 90 rushing for Aaron Jones, 4 for 36 and a touchdown receiving. A yard short of a monster day at the end, and he did have a fumble in the contest. AJ Dill, meanwhile, eleven carries, thirty-six yards, two touchdowns, with another three for thirty-five receiving. So, don't know where those touchdowns came from. Assume they were short yardage, which kind of drives down his yards per carry. Aaron Jones just continues to be the more explosive option, but combined, those two went twenty-eight for one twenty-six and and two rushing touchdowns, with another seven for seventy-one and one receiving. I mean, just imagine that running back. If he could get the majority of the work, Aaron Jones would be an absolute monster. Go,
0: going back to the Eddie Lacy, James Stark days, the the Green Bay running back committees have just fucked me in the playoffs for a decade now.
1: Yep, you took AJ Dillon right in the shorts, and you know you'll never walk the same again. But. From him to from them to the wide receivers, Christian Watson played eighty seven percent of the snaps, and logged an epic four for forty six and no touchdown stat line. What a time to break the tight end streak! You finally got everyone buying into you. <laughs> You're like there's Christian Watson truthers, left, right, and center. And he gives you 8.6 fantasy points. Meanwhile, Romeo Dubs plays 32% of snaps, catches all five of Hip's targets for 55 yards. Romeo Dubs outscores Christian Watson in week one of the fantasy playoffs. you love to see it.
0: I believe Watson got shadowed by Ramsey.
1: Yeah, that doesn't mean shit. I watched <laughs> Ramsey get cooked all year long. So if Watson can't shake that old coverage, that's more of an indictment on him. So... Tis what it is. I heard he had some, some gaffes during the game, too. Um, end around issue, deep ball tracking issue, something. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch the film so I can thoroughly enjoy myself. Um, from them down to the Bears, they continue to do all the right things. They're 3-11, and 11, but they're competitive. Justin Fields on the year, 143 carries for exactly 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns rushing. I think he has to average like 60-some yards per game over the next three to break the uh, – I assume it's Lamar Jackson's quarterback rushing record on the season, but he, they do have an extra game now, so I think that moves the goalposts a little bit. But playoff, Monty continued to just peek his head out. Uh, 12 for 53-1 and one rushing after another amazing uh, Justin Fields scramble that he got called out of bounds the next play. Monty cashes in uh, on a touchdown but also three for 38 and one receiving. Uh, so playoff Monty has been good or, or was good, but he goes verse bills at lions the next two weeks. And those are actually terrible running back matchups for David Montgomery. So if he won your week one, he could potentially cost you the semifinals or the finals with some of those matchups. And then Byron Pringle, last man standing two for 39 and a touchdown. There just literally is nothing else in that receiver core. Chase Claypool was inactive. Darnell Mooney's on IR. Um, Equinemius St. Brown left with a concussion. It's 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 unbelievable the the lack of options in this offense. And Justin Fields just keeps getting it done through two touchdowns, rush for you know like eighty or ninety yards. Just keeps figuring out a way to be fantasy viable in spite of the of the Chicago Bears. North done.
0: Boo airs. All right, to wrap this up, we're gonna go South AFC South uh hilliard was banged up haskins came back uh finally healthy he missed a few weeks 90% snapshare in hilliard's absence only one carry and two targets he caught them both for seven yards a non-factor as long as derrick henry is healthy uh tight end though a guy we like in a position we love uh chigo conco 68 60% snapshare, his high on the season also led the team in targets with five and was tied for the lead in receptions for four and second on the team in receiving yards 54 so he's definitely coming on to close out the year. there's a few spots where i have him and we've mentioned some of these other underperforming tight ends and guys that are trending the wrong way Uh where i have him i will be playing okonkwo the next two weeks unless i've got you know goddard or kelsey or one of the bona fide studs there but he's coming on and looks like He's going to be a piece of that offense for several years to come. Jacksonville, nothing, nothing interesting here at all. You know, it's ATN with a little bit of uh, hasty on the side. Ingram's their main tight end wide receivers. It's all going to Christian Kirk and Zay Jones or a little Marvin Jones. Nothing of note here in the snap shares. looks like it looks every single week. Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor sprained his ankle early. He's a done for the year. They've, Earlier in the year when he mistimed Deion Jackson, looked pretty good filling in for him. But this week they ended up kicking the tires on Zach Moss. 67% snap share to Deion Jackson's 32 Uh Moss. I didn't see any of it, but he checking out the box score did okay. I, I'm going to assume this is what we can anticipate for the next few weeks. But, again, pushing to get in a fantasy championship game a week from now, pretty fucking hard to trust Zach Moss to get you there. So, Good luck to you if you are in that position. Uh, Wide receiver, it's Pittman, Campbell, and Pierce. One, two, three, like it's been all year, and then spinning the magical wheel of tight end for these Colts. In this game, Moly Cox, 51% snap share, got one target, didn't catch it, led the way with with snaps. Kylan Granson was second, 33% snap share, caught uh, two targets for 34 yards. And Jelani Woods, 24%, one target, 36 yards. So the yardage was directly inverse to their snaps. We've said it all year. You need one of them to get hurt to make the other two viable. So we can't trust any of those three for now. And certainly last where they belong, Houston Texans. Cooks was hurt. They're playing magical wheelchair at quarterback. Wheelchair. (laughs) No, That's perfect. It is just, Un, unintentional, yeah. So they they're getting Mills in there, they're getting uh what's his name? His name is escaping me now.
1: Uh goodness gracious, yeah. you you lost me a magical here. I know Jeff Driscoll.
0: Thank you. They're, they're both getting snaps at quarterback. It's disgusting. Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett, 87% and 86% snap share at wide receiver. Amari Rodgers is coming on 51%. Dynasty Leagues, I, I like him as a stash. I, I think with an upgrade at quarterback, which they will have, if, if, assuming they like him and nothing changes on the coaching staff, he could be their slot receiver next year, which time to time has been productive. So that's kind of an interesting one to keep on your radar, stash during the offseason. And running back with, with Pierce Hurt, this was just a shit show. Daria Ubinboale, 43% snap share, only saw two carries. Out of nowhere. Do hmm. you know who led them in uh, snaps at running back? Or didn't touch nope. us?
1: Damn right. Rolls Royce Freeman.
0: Jesus. 11 carries. <laughs> one pass for five yards. Uh Burkhead was out there. Four targets. Caught two of them for 17. Didn't record a carry. 90% snap share. I, I, you ain't playing Royce Freeman in the fantasy playoffs. You're not playing any... <laughs> Houston Texans at this point, there's no way you're in the playoffs plugging a Texan in week in and week out. I mean, Cooks may have got you there earlier, but the the way this offense is now with the two quarterback system, yuck, yuck, yuck. No thanks. I'm happy to be done with this. On to you. (laughs) What's
1: dead, she'll never die. Royce Freeman, still fantasy yeah. viable. Yeah, they play at Titans this week, so yeah, no thank you. And I did watch pieces of the Vikings-Colts game, and Zach Moss was largely predicated on the fact that the Colts were trying to run the clock out from like the second quarter on. So he got tons of work because they were so far ahead, and that's also largely why they lost the game. So they're now a four-point home dog against the Chargers on Monday night, which is a good matchup for running backs – but I I would lean Deion Jackson over Zach Moss because I am going to assume game script will not be in their favor to give Zach Moss twenty four carries. But I can't from yours the total.
0: The total in the Texans Titans is somehow thirty
1: seven. I think yes, it'd be lower than that. Listen, and you you heard me say earlier that the thirty two point total yeah. for the Saints at Browns. It's like you read that right, folks. There is a higher total in the Texans Titans game. Wow. than there is in the. Viking and then the Saints-Browns, so just keep that keep that in mind. Um, from your south to mine, so the still division-leading Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 6-8 and eight got second-half pounded by Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, but Tom Brady did have his second-best fantasy performance on the year, and Tampa Bay still lost by 11, so it tells you everything you need to know. Snap share, Lenny's 58% to Rashad White's 39, seems like he's starting to get the majority of the work again, for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe they still just think they're in it. Um, so they want to go with the the veteran back and Russell Gage played 62% of snaps and posted another that helps no one eight for 59 and two touchdowns. And if I don't know, Chris Gobbin had caught one of those two touchdowns, I would have won a fantasy week, but no, and we have to we have to figure a way to get Russell Gage's best week of the year. So Buck you and moving down to the Carolina Panthers five and nine. So running back snaps, 63% of snaps for Chuba Hubbard, 30% of snaps for Dante Foreman. What oh, did that look rushing? Well, Dante Foreman had 10 carries for nine rushing yards. What Chuba Hubbard do four carries for 10 rushing yards. That, that is, that is actually what happened in the game. They combined 14 carries for 19 yards. And that's why you can't have either of these guys, um, or start in a fantasy playoffs. And that was against the Steelers, who aren't, you know, world world beaters at the position. DJ Moore, thanks, five for seventy three and a touchdown. Another out of nowhere week after he dudded the week prior. But the Panthers are a nightmare. You were just talking about the Houston Texans. Like, I know DJ Moore's got the name and probably rolling him out if you're still in it. But I don't want anything to do with the Panthers from a fantasy perspective in the playoffs either they're right down there with the Texans and somehow they're still battling for a playoff spot It's just, it's insane from them to the Falcons. All right. I mentioned Caleb Huntley getting injured and leaving. Well, that led to a 49% snap share for Tyler Algier and a 50% snap share for Cordero Patterson. They both got home Algier at 17 for 139 yards and a touchdown rushing Cordero Patterson, 14 for 52 and a touchdown. They are still a run-based offense. Didn't matter to Desmond Ritter's in there. They did throw it a little bit more, but they still wanted a pound of rock. That's 31 carries between the two of them. Drake London saw his third most targets. He had 11 targets and his second most reception, seven of the season, in Desmond Ritter's first start. So, if nothing else, there's clearly a focus on getting Drake London the ball now that Desmond Ritter is under center. And there's nothing else to talk about in this Falcons offense. Lastly, the Saints found a way to win. They beat the Falcons to go to also 5-9 and nine with the other three teams looking up to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC South. Snap share at running back Alvin Kamara, 62% of snaps. David Johnson had 33% of snaps in this game. As far as what it looked like for pass catchers, wow. it's, yeah, it's nuts, right? I didn't Saints- know
0: he got that much work.
1: He didn't do anything but fumble, but he, he he saw a third of the snaps at the running back position. I mean, he only found his way into 12, four carries for 12 yards. Meanwhile, Kamara had 21 carries for 91 yards in the game. So they were still using Kamara while he was in there, but yeah, they were, they were giving David Johnson some work. The Saints also threw the ball 19 times, 17 by Dalton, two for two by Taysom Hill for 80 yards and a touchdown, which is just nuts. Six of those 19 passes went to Juwan Johnson. So oh, roughly a 32% target share went to Juwan Johnson, who posted a four for 67 and two stat line again this week. He is just rubber banding back and forth in the tight end position, but he went bonkers for the tight end to finish on the week. And while we were just talking rattling through tight ends, I have to do this, John. So closed out the South here. Let's talk about the top I'm going to go top 18 tight ends and then just rattle them off real quick. All right. One through 18 in PPR. George Kittle, Jawan Johnson, Dawson Knox, Travis Kelsey, CJ Uzoma, Evan Ingram, Noah Fant, Darren Waller, Tyler Higbee. Now, now the fun begins. Mitchell Wilcox, Brock Wright, Eric Tomlinson, Jordan Akins, Chig O'Conquo, Trey McBride, Peyton Hendershot, Quentin Morris, Gerald Everett. Down to your top 18 tight ends in the fantasy football playoffs. It is crazy. what a time to be alive. It's crazy. Well, yeah,
0: we, we like to close on a whimper here and bad news. I got one for you that I just popped up on my Twitter timeline. We, we talked about it a couple of times. The saints and Browns. This is from Graham Barfield on Twitter. Saints and Browns has an over under of 31 and a half. If it closes at that number, it's the first time in 14 years there's been a total below 32 points. And that's with two starting quarterbacks.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh. That's. Uh,
0: that's I, I was told this is an offensive pass-heavy football league.
1: Yeah. Right. And, yeah, we, we got all our weapons here. Yeah, there's, there's nothing <laughs> nothing to complain about. And uh, on another note, I want to give you a quick quiz. Last three weeks, okay, now we're on the running backs, and then we'll talk about where we are and get out of here. What? Running back is Jerick McKinnon overall. PPR last three weeks.
0: Last three weeks. PPR. Uh, You're asking me, so I'm going to say running back seven.
1: Two. Fuck. He's number two. He's behind Christian McCaffrey. He's scoring 26.2 PPR points per game. Christian McCaffrey's at 27.9. He is... By far, number two. Number three is Tony Pollard at 20.5. So think about that. Derek McKinnon and Tony Pollard are running backs two and three. During that same period of time, what running back is Cam Akers? Is this he 11 or something? What would you say? 11.
0: Ding, 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 John?
1: Running back 11? I, yeah. I, I knew he would probably squeeze in the top ten. He's 11. Or jump, 12, sorry. Three rush touches, but just imagine that. The last three weeks, you know, Cam Akers, a viable starter. Isaiah Pacheco is still somehow at running back 17, so the, the Chiefs have two running backs in the top 17. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay – Rashad White's running back twenty. Leonard Fournette's running back twenty one. Doesn't matter who the running back is, and neither one of them can run the ball. But when I was looking through earlier, I just when I did the last three weeks, and I saw that Jared McKinnon is running back two. One, it made my heart happy because you know I love Jerick McKinnon. But two, it made me think. Imagine what could have been if Jerick McKinnon wasn't befelled by injury after he signed with Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco. Oh, we have
0: talked about this at length.
1: Yeah, look what they're doing with CMC. That's what they envisioned for Jarek mckinnon yeah uh what could have been but look he's getting another chance with the chiefs he was a beast down the stretch and in the playoffs for him last year and he's doing it again he's just oh he's electric i love him jet well
0: that should do it for us (laughs) hopefully you're still alive in the fantasy playoffs hopefully we've been of some assistance to you along the way but Good luck this week, unless you're playing one of us. For myself, John Dabari, my co-host Mr. Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score, we are the Fantasy Forty, and we are out of here.
1: We're not doing waiver wire. Oh fuck! What is I'm there? Show- what yeah, is there roster. this week? Deion Jackson. Deion Jackson, seven percent roster. I already said it. JT is done for the year, and Indy faces the Chargers. And I think Deion Jackson is a top thirty running back this week. So. If there's injury or flex or something, I think he's viable. You mentioned Marlon Mack earlier. He's only 16% rostered. Marlon Mack has averaged 16 PPR points per game over the last two weeks. Not getting a lot of touches, but he's been involved in that offense. And if something happens to Latavius Murray, Marlon Jackson is going to explode. Receiver Russell Gage, double bird to you, but he's only 13% rostered. He has three touchdowns in the last two weeks, so he scored both. If Julio misses again. You could do worse than Russell Gates. K.J. Osborne, 5% rostered. I am not point chasing. K.J. Osborne has had 21 targets over the last two weeks, NATD in each week. So he is start-worthy. Tight end, I already mentioned Juwan Johnson, only 20% rostered. He blanks, literally, zero fancy points in weeks 12 and 13. Explodes out of the bye in week 15 with a two-touchdown game. That's the tight end position. Your boy, Shaka Conquo, 29% rostered, has scored at least 10 PPR points in each of the last three weeks. That's super impressive for a rookie. It also kind of marries with Traylon Burks being injured and being out. So I'm truly interested to see what happens when they're both back. Noah Fant, 22% rostered. He's been all or nothing the last three weeks. Literally his PPR point finishes 14.2 points, zero points, 14.2 points. And now he gets KC. with, it sounds like out lock it. He, could potentially be the second pass catching option in what would be a point chasing shootout against the chiefs could go get you some Noah Fant and quarterbacks have to do it. You mentioned it. Zach Wilson, 7% rostered. Now I know he's the starter gets to face off against the Jags in week 16. You could do worse. Like you could do Deshaun Watson worse. And then lastly, Daniel Jones, 59% rostered, This one's a hard one, but he gets the point chase at Minnesota in ideal conditions indoors in week 16. Vikings are going to put up points on the Giants, and this could lead to a lot of Daniel Jones garbage time. So I'm just waiver wiring you guys out of here, especially in redraft leagues. You're not doing any of this shit in Dynasty, but redraft leagues, injuries are happening, right? You lose a Jalen Hurts. What are you going to do? You get a Zach Wilson. You get a Daniel Jones. You lose a a Jonathan Taylor, and you're still in it. I mean, Deion Jackson's out there, so we still got to help the people, John, but there's nothing else you you don't want to talk about it. You didn't want to do the segment, so we're <laughs> going to end on that waiver wire. Take us out of here, bud. So that should
0: do it on my second attempt at closing us out here. Myself, John Debari, for my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score. We are the Fantasy Forty, and we are out of here. Ooh, good one. And on um, this bad boy,
1: <laughs> s- scored a, a whopping one hundred and twenty-six point eight
0: six points. Oh, I'm pretty sure you outscored me.
1: Right, listen. I got point nine from Dante Foreman. We got four point two from Antonio Gibson. I got four point eight from Young Ho Seven point oh. 7. seven from from Richie James. Yeah, it was a. Banner day for me I had, I had 30 hairy. point KJ Osborne on my bench <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker Tua 17.6 Daniel Jones 10.4 Yeah that's how you get eliminated so That right there is how you do it <laughs> And he totally flees the guy he's, he's, uh, he's trading him Jamal Williams who he's never starting Right The, the dude who's in the semifinals. <laughs> We do more women for $100 in fab, so I'm actually just curious as to who he's actually trying to blow his fab on. <clears throat> uh we'll look at these players real quick. Just a genuine curiosity. I got knocked out, unfortunately. Deion Jackson, maybe. Yeah, that's probably who it is. Deion Jackson. I, I can't see that he once had Royce Freeman going against Tennessee, but Indy actually has some good matchups. They have the Chargers this week, and then like their matchup next week is good too, the Giants. And then they've got <laughs> week eighteen, which helps no one. They go against Houston, so the Jonathan Taylor would have closed with a fucking boom if he didn't get hurt. So he's mm. he's gonna go after Deion Jackson because his running backs stink. This dude's stupid. James Conner's junk time. I lost by five points, and he scored that one yarder for nothing in the late fourth quarter. Asshole. <laughs> Well, that' and a litany of things my own team didn't do, but you know we're gonna blame it on James Conner. Mark Andrews flopping <clears> like fucking four points again for like the eighth straight week. As I did. just keep plugging him into my lineup. Mark Andrews, who? Oh. Mark Andrews. Week in yeah. and week out, just keep, keep plugging him in there, hoping for the best. Watching. I mean, what other options do you 22 have? Twenty-two points. Oh, All right, Dawson Ma'am. Knox.
0: But Knox Which, came coming off a dog shit game too, but.
1: Pretty sure Knox has been good the last couple of weeks. No, he had a bad one
0: because he fucked me. He? I, I know for sure no. he had a bad one in the last two or three weeks.
1: Okay, I know he's been good lately. All right, I mean, he had 14.1 last week. Right. You were talking about the New England game three weeks ago. He goose-egged you on one target. Yes, yes sir, sure did. But, but 14 points, and then he actually only had 3.7 the week for that against Detroit, which he should have exploded, then 14 against Cleveland. So it's only been the last two weeks, but... He had, he had seven targets in the Jets game, and then he had eight targets in this game. Which, Listen, that those performances have been better than Mark Andrews, even oh, including man. the goose egg. So Mark Andrews is – listen it ain't Mark better Andrews, than Gusecki. Listen to this. Mark Andrews' last four games, 11, 9.4, 3.7, 6.1. So three or four weeks, Dawson Knox has outscored Mark Andrews. And the week before that, he was 12.3. So in the last five weeks, he hasn't scored more than 12.3 PPR points. No touchdowns, hasn't exceeded 63 yards or six catches in a game. Ah! Oh, fucking stupid Ravens.
0: Lamar Jackson. Imagine going into the yeah. year with Andrews and Giuseppe in like a two tight end
1: league. How confident you think got the, you'd have been? You think you got the market cornered? I went into the year with Kyle Pitts and Goddard in a two tight end league. And I was like, well, Goddard was good until he got hurt. How are you guys? Well, he they both get hurt and Pitt sucked all year. Yeah. So I, I was I had something similar. It was like, oh, I I got this tight end thing figured out. I, don't
0: know, kind you know, I of like, injuries.
1: Then I was like boom, boom, boom. Well listen, Mark Andrews, it's the Lamar Jackson injury that's fucking him. Well he sucked before I mean Jackson sucked but but for weeks. Jackson did, anyway. Listen, it's not been the it's not been the best year for Lamar Jackson to be negotiating a new contract. <laughs> that's for sure. But they also give him nothing. I mean he lost a shot, Bateman, and he's literally throwing it to the, the Chiefs wide receiver five and a bunch of guys that shouldn't start. A, a special teamer in Devin Duvernay and then a bunch of Tyler and Wallace's of the world. It's, it's a nightmare. Your best, your three best receivers are your tight ends. Just keep rolling them out. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. Looking forward to next year. Did yeah, you advance exactly. in uh, wannabes? I had to buy. Oh, did you? Mm -hmm. Did you? (laughs) I had to to buy in smarty pants. So look at us. We're actually doing our jobs. And I would kick people's dicks in if I didn't. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson. Oh, dude. um,
0: Listen, every league uh, I just missed the cutoff when I was like, you know, the seven seed or whatever, any league where I just missed the playoffs – I still set my lineups just because it's – Oh, know, I, I always it. do. Going through yeah. more. Dude, I I, I believe in several leagues I had my highest score of the year.
1: <laughs> what would it mean, in fucking – Dude, my receivers, because people uh, well, got hurt. Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Zay Jones. <laughs> three receivers. What did A.J. Brown do? He had like 190 receiving yards. At a girl. Like seven, six catches or eight catches. Zay Jones caught three touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Justin Jefferson had had like ten catches and a touchdown. Cousins had like forty five points. I think was his his final. I, I probably put my <laughs> highest points up for the year on the bye. Fantastic. Yeah. Even with the a worst part is, you know, coming. none of these
0: guys ever exploding next week. And in, in the Premier League, I had some defensive guys explode, and you know, like these guys aren't.
1: Dude, you know. I got yeah. I uh, I'll freely admit I got lucky because I looked that through. Going into like last night, I was like, "Well, that was was destined for a loss," and uh, I ended up beating the dude by six points. I had uh, Rasul Douglas, who I've been starting like all year because he's like a Mm. fucking monster or quarterback, and uh, and uh, what's his name, Uh, Preston Smith. So Rasul Douglas got me twenty-two points, and Preston Smith got me nineteen point five, and I
0: beat Rayshon Jenkins got me (laughs) fifty. Really, yikes. He had the, uh, t- an uh, interception for a touchdown. He had like he had 14 tackles. He had a monster.
1: Oh, oh, shit. For the Jaguars. Yeah. 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 Before his interception, they're like, this guy's having a career game. And then he gets to pick. That was six. the only yeah, play I saw. Had, yeah. He had like 17 tackles. Yeah. I mean, he was all over the place. I'm going to kick his fucking ass. I'm angry. Lost my home league. Not not happy about it. In painful fashion. Painful. It was. It was a game where, like, I had like my guys. I had uh, Barrow and Mixon, and I watched like the first half of that Bucks Bengals game where, like, literally the Bengals had the ball for like three minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, I lost. And then in the second half, Barrow's just like touchdown, 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 touchdown. Like, climb back, and I'm like. Oh shit! I might get into this, and then like nothing went to mixing, so he still didn't get shit out of it. And then someone else screwed me over, other than Mark Andrews. Oh, Why stupid Isaiah Pacheco! I started Pacheco, oh, and of course. Jerry monster. And that last touchdown, where McKinnon. I literally called. I go, this is where Pacheco's going to house it. They're clearly running this, and then they break the huddle. I go, or McKinnon, <laughs> and shot out of a cannon. Mm-hmm. That would have won me in the Pacheco was so stiff. the Chiefs just can't bury teams. They should early to get to these run scripts. They like almost like have to dig themselves a hole so that Patrick Mahomes can be like a fucking magician every single week. Like it either has to be yes. too competitive or comeback mode. Like they they can't just like bury a team clearly. So McKinnon's going to be trapped in fucking purgatory. I'm starting McKinnon this week in Smarty Pants, I'll tell you that much. And he's going to dud. Oh, of course. You're going to dot out. Yep. And this is a script that's against Seattle. Like, you would be like, oh, Seattle could score. That should be a good game plan. Well, now Pacheco's going to fucking crush them. Yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> be, be confident knowing whatever you do, it'll be wrong. The opposite. Yeah. Yeah, all I know is I, I sat James Conner because they're going against Tampa Bay. And <laughs> Tampa Bay has one iota of a brain. They're just going to say, anyone but James Conner. We're going to make Colt McCoy throw it against our secondary all day and not let James Conner do shit. So If Hertz is out, I got to play <clears throat> fucking Conner. Oh, Hertz ain't playing. McCoy, sorry.
0: I'm going to go out and let him say Hertz isn't playing.